You're listening to the Business with Purpose podcast with your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com. This podcast takes you behind the scenes with some of the world's most generous entrepreneurs, from the CEOs of mission-driven brands to directors of small community nonprofits and everything in between. Molly is sitting down with men and women who believe in changing the world not only through their personal lives, but also their professional careers. And now, here's Molly. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Business with Purpose podcast. Today my guest is Caitlin James of Caitlin James Photography. And you guys are going to love her. And if you're thinking to yourself like, what, a photographer? Don't you usually talk to businesses that have like a purpose and give back? Well, I really wanted to have Caitlin on the show because what she has done with her wedding photography business is shown that you can have a purposeful business no matter what industry you're in. And and you can do so many things with your business and with your life just by serving other people. Caitlin's story is inspiring. You're going to love her. She's just she's one of my favorite people. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Caitlin James. Welcome to the show, Caitlin. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. I am so excited to have you on. This is, I mean, for a couple reasons. One for, um, as you know, I mentioned in my intro, Caitlin and I went to college together. She's also, she was my wedding photographer, which John and I are coming up on five years, which is like crazy. That is crazy. I feel like you always say that you're like a veteran KJ bride, but like it really doesn't feel like that long ago. I know. Well, I, I like to say that I'm mid school. Like I'm not. Mid-school. I'm not old school KJ bride because I wasn't like right at the beginning, like when you were inspired designs. Yeah. <laughs> but, right. But I'm also like not new school, so like I'm mid <laughs> mid school KJ bride. Mid school. That's a great title. Other people should use that. I'm going to yeah. introduce it to them. Yeah, mid school. So, um. But so not only, you know, did we go to college together and you're my wedding photographer, but uh, you're just you're just such a joy and such a light to so many people. And I'm excited to talk to you today because, you know, on this on this podcast, one of the things that I really try to focus on is, you know, people who are using their professional careers and, and just their their professional lives to really make a positive impact on the world. But so many of the the businesses and the brands that I talk to are people that have, you know, sort of this tangible product. Like, a, you know, you go, you buy a T-shirt and 10% of the proceeds go and help an orphanage. Or like, you know, right. you, you know it's like it's a very tangible thing. Yes. And so for some people, sometimes, you know, especially entrepreneurs and business owners, they're like, oh, that's great. You know, like I can shop this company and make a positive impact with my purchases, but there's not really anything I can do. But what right. I, I think is so powerful is that you've taken something like wedding photography and you have turned it on its head and you've made it not just about creating images, you've made it about serving people. And mm-hmm. serving your clients and serving other photographers and all that kind of stuff. So we're going to kind of dive kind of into that part of your business. Perfect. So, that's my favorite side. So that's good. Yay. Yay. Awesome. But before we get into all of that, what I have all my guests do is give me the Caitlin 101. Okay. So I want okay. you to kind of give me what's your, what's your story? How did you get started? Where were you born? Well, even though I know a lot of this stuff, but you know, for those, for those that maybe don't know who Caitlin James is, tell us the story and how did you eventually get to where you are today? That is a great question. And 
if you know, I could probably spend three hours telling the story of like how we got today, but I'm going <laughs> to condense it and just start yeah. with. Um, I was actually born in Louisville, Kentucky, which a lot of people don't know. Um, so I'm not technically, you know, born and raised in Virginia. We moved here um, when I was probably 16 months old, I think. And my dad got a job at this little country church and he has been there ever since. So he is pushing almost 28 years of being at the same church and pastoring the same church. And so it's at that church where I grew up and grew up with my now husband, Michael. So we started dating when I was 15 and um, then he went to college and um, I went to the same college, but I totally, I told everyone I'm going to college because I really feel like I'm supposed to go here, not because I'm following my boyfriend from high school, but I was really just following my boyfriend from high school. <laughs> so if we're being honest. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so I went to CNU um, and I, I knew that I started a business in high school called Caitlin's Crafts with two, with two K's, which is really embarrassing. Oh, but, so awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. But this is what I did. I would buy 89 cent bowls at Walmart. And I would buy this um, porcelain pottery paint and I would paint these designs on these bowls and then you bake them in the oven. They become dishwasher safe and then you sell them at craft shows. And then eventually they got picked up by a few like boutiques. And I just thought like, I'm going to paint pots the rest of my life. <laughs> and so um, I was really excited about it, but it taught me how to get a business license and how to pay sales tax and um, how what real profit was. And so that was when I bought CaitlinJames.com and then I just held on to that website. I didn't even create a website for that business. Um, I just held on to that website until eventually my junior year of, of college when I became um, a wedding photographer. I started um, shooting with a friend who was getting into wedding photography and I realized, oh my gosh, I want to graduate college and I want to work for myself. And even if my, I have on a sticky note that I wrote in college, my goal was to make $24,000 a year. Um, that's all I wanted. Like if I could just make $24,000 a year with this business, I could go into this and not have to get another job. So I started junior year. I started shooting weddings and, um, and I loved it. And it was going really well. I'm really thankful I started in college because right when you're graduating college, anyone that you knew that was older than you, is a lot of them were engaged. So all of Michael's friends, so I got to shoot their weddings. Um, it was a really easy in, I feel like. Um, and so then, you know, we got married right after I graduated. And we, I continued to do the business. Michael was full-time youth minister. Um, and that brought us to Richmond, where we still live now. Uh, Richmond, Virginia. And so what happened then, though, was really a turning point for us. The business started growing really quickly, both in weddings and in photography education. People wanted to know, like, okay, how did you grow from being just a college student to, you know, now having a business that, that's making um, really great money and, and you have great clients that love you? So Michael never saw me. He was working at the church on Sundays and then you know, anybody, anybody who's been on a church staff, you have like office hours, but then you also have to like, you're hanging out with kids and doing events every evening of the week. Yeah. So yeah. he would go to church and do like, you know, youth group on Wednesday, but I was doing engagement sessions and then his day off on Saturday, guess what? I was shooting weddings. So we just never saw each other. So he actually, we prayed about it and we really felt like he was supposed to join our team and he left his full-time job and started working for me. And that is when 
our business transitioned into something much more than just, okay, we can't just be about taking pictures. Like it's gotta be about something more because he, he can't walk away from serving and loving and changing kids lives to just holding a camera on Saturdays. Like that's not good enough for us. And so that is kind of the story of, of how we've come to be. And now, um, it's crazy. We, it's Michael and I full time. And then my sister is, um, a full time employee. And, um, now my mom is as well. So we have a team of four, so we're still very small. Um, but it's, you know, getting to employ and give freedom to my, my family, um, has been really awesome. And it's probably the greatest accomplishment of my business. Um, so we've come a long way since inspired designs <laughs> and that's, that's everything in a nutshell, I would say. Inspired designs, colored logos and angled pictures. <laughs> Tilted dark pictures that I thought were so awesome. So artsy, so artsy, yeah. so 2007. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so like you you mentioned, I mean, obviously things have really changed for you over the years. And I mean, I've I've followed your work since you were inspired designs. And it's been amazing to see sort of the transformation over the years and just, you know, your heart for people and your heart for your clients. But like you said, you know, when Michael left full-time ministry, which was something you guys were so passionate about, and I know that was not an easy decision because oh, gosh, no. you loved those kids mm-hmm. and you love, you know, the impact that you had on their lives. Right. What was, I mean, I know you guys went through like a lot of prayer and really sought a lot of counsel to make that decision. But ultimately, what was it about Michael coming on with you full-time and realizing you could better serve each other as a as a couple, married couple, by working mm-hmm. together, although that sometimes for some people might seem counterintuitive. Yeah. <laughs> but serving each other better, um, and then serving your clients better together. What what were some of the things that kind of went into that decision process and you know, what ultimately said, like, yes, this is what we're gonna do? Um, well, I think ultimately anybody that I was serving, um, with a stressed marriage at home, like, like if my marriage isn't in a good place because of the way my business and my life is set up, then that is going to hinder the way that I can serve and love my, my customers and my clients. So we knew that like, you know, it's kind of the hierarchy or the priority list of like what comes first in our life. And, um, right, right then and there before Michael joined me, uh, the business was stealing like all of my time and time away from him. And yet we were telling everyone like marriage is first, like God and marriage, like we care about that first. And yet, um, our business was taking certain aspects of that from us. It was our first two years of marriage and we never saw each other and that wasn't healthy. And so I think the really big turning point was Michael wasn't super um, happy or thriving in his job. Like he thought he was going to be. And I was in a place where, um, I missed him. I missed being around him. I never saw him. So if we want to make a difference in people's lives, I just remember thinking like, there's no way we can make a difference in people's lives if our marriage isn't in in the place that it's supposed to be. Like that's got to be aligned first. So then we can go, you know, out and and have actual joy to share with people. Um, So if I can't fill up at home, then like that's going to be a problem. So that was one thing. Um, And the other thing is just, thinking about like the vision of what we wanted in our business. Uh, I, I wanted it to be more than just people pay me, they swipe their card, I give them pictures and we're done. I want people to remember, 
um, the way we made them feel, the way we treated their families, the way we cared for them. And Michael has a lot of giftings in that area. I mean, he serves better than I serve. And so on a wedding day, you know, he had been second shooting with me and kind of, kind of a trial and error period to see if this would work. And his gifts were perfectly um, suited to cover all of my weaknesses. And it just worked really well for us. And I, now that is not to say that it is a piece of cake because um, <laughs> someone told us, actually our good friends, Zach and Jody Gray, they have been in business together for probably seven years now. Um, and they told us, they said, Caitlin, you are going to need four years to really get the hang of working together. And I'm like, oh, I don't need four years. I'm going to get this like in a matter of six months. <laughs> well, uh, almost four and a half years later, we still, I think we are actually making really good progress. We have like a, um, a really great, she wouldn't call herself a marriage counselor, but she is kind of like a life coach and a business coach and a marriage mentor. She has helped us so much to recognize like where our weaknesses are in working together. And so, um, I think we're at a place where we're doing a lot better with working together, but anyone who's listening to this thinking I could never work with my spouse, I totally understand that. <laughs> um, we, we were there, um, and we've had some struggles, but ultimately, our gifts aligned really well. And that's another reason we made the final jump to work together full time. So it was scary. It was a big decision. What would you say to couples who are going into business together or maybe are thinking about starting the business together? Or maybe, maybe one spouse does one thing and the other couple or you know, the other spouse is thinking about kind of coming alongside. What is you know, I know that, like you said, you're like, we don't have it all figured out, but what's maybe one of the best pieces of advice somebody's given you or something that you guys have implemented together that really makes working together possible? Hmm. Um, well, I think the hardest thing that we have not mastered, but we have realized the last six months, and it's really more it, actually, it's on both sides. It's not just me that struggles with it. Michael Michael um, is wired really differently than me. So his work hours, um, the way that he processes work, um, I would like take everything that I love, like to-do list and my planner and all this stuff, and I would like buy him his own planner and then get mad that he didn't use it. <laughs> um, and um, I just you know, when you run a business for so long, there's always someone who's probably been in business first. So it was my business first and then he joined. So I just thought everything that I do and the way that I've made this business happen is the right way. And if he can't, he can't join me in the way that I do things, then he's wrong. And what we've realized, um, through our coaching together is that, um, I, can't change the way that he is and there's nothing wrong with the way he is. Um, it's actually a gift to us because I have workaholic tendencies um, and he doesn't. And so we're having more balance in our life because of the way that Michael is. So I spent four years being so frustrated and building up um, just kind of this uh, un unspoken tension of you need to work more, like you need to do things the way I do them. And that's just, that hasn't worked well for us. And we're realizing now is that if we would just embrace um, and instead of, instead of changing him, if I would just embrace, um, the gifts that he has, then our team's actually stronger because we would have more balance in our life. Mm -hmm. And, um, so anyway, I, I mean, that's one thing that I've, obviously we have not figured out completely. Um, Michael's probably laughing over at his desk. Like you think you're telling people we've got this figured out because we don't, <laughs> but, um, 
but I do think it's something that we're working towards. And I think that overall, um, just learning to respect, uh, the way, um, that we're wired individually has been a huge game changer for both of us. And, um, and if you don't have that, then it, it just, you're just fighting tooth and nail constantly. And, and we got to a place where, you know, uh, Michael was like, it may be better for us if we didn't work together. And then we realized, no, our gifts align. This is where we're supposed to be. We just need someone to speak in, um, into our life. So having a third party, um, was actually probably one of the best decisions we ever did as well. Yeah. Um, letting someone else speak into our life. So, yeah. And managing yeah. expectations too. I think that's kind of one yes. of those things that's just great in marriage in general is managing expectations. Yes. And when you put that in a business format, it's like the, um, the intensity is just heightened because there's money and clients and service involved, you know? So, um, so yeah, no, t- totally expectations and, um, and just learning how to communicate with one another um, as husband and wife and then as as business partners, you know, it's it's hard. Yeah. So when did it now I kind of want to transition back to talking more specifically about obviously you have so many creative gifts. Um, I mean, you, you starting with Caitlin's crafts and your amazing <laughs> your amazing painted bowls. <laughs> Gosh. They, I don't know if those were a gift or if it was just like a really weird experiment that kind of went okay. <laughs> but you obviously, I mean, you have a, a creative gift. You have this vision that's very, um, you're very business savvy, but you're also very creative and artistic. When did it become though, when did it become not just about photographs for you? When did it become not just about taking images? What, is there a moment for you that you realize like, this is this is a, a calling from the Lord that the Lord has placed on my life mm-hmm. and has given me this gift to serve other people with this talent. Like at what point did that sort of transition to you like I'm in college, I'd like to take pictures to this is a greater calling on my life. Right. Um I think that there was an underlying sense of that um in the in the first 2 years, first 3 years, but I think I really I really recognized it when I started asking the Lord to show me, to make it obvious, like where he was using us. So, um, we actually started praying when Michael joined, like we started saying like, please just make us aware of like every wedding day, every session, make us aware of where we can love people well, where we can serve them well, where there are holes in their story that we can fill, like, um, where there's struggles that they kind of want to share with us, but maybe they, they're scared to, or, um, and within that first year, I, it was a turning point for us. We, it's all, it's almost like the Lord, like took down the curtain, took the veil from our eyes and was like, Hey, these are all the stories that are behind the people that you're serving. So there were, um, you know, there were girls that had had two girls who had just lost their dads and then, you know, and had their wedding day and they were struggling and no one knew that they were struggling except us because we saw them behind the scenes, you know, and um, one of the first great examples, and I hope she doesn't mind me sharing this. I'm sure she wouldn't. But um, uh, Natalie Frank was one of our brides. Her engagement session um, was happening that year and she was dealing with some medical stuff and had to cancel our engagement session. We had never met in person. We had booked, you know, over the internet. We hadn't even like sat down and hung out. And 
she called me. We were at the airport coming back from some trip, and I just remember her calling me, and she was in tears, and she's like, I haven't even met you, but um, I really need to cancel my engagement session. I just got really scary medical news, and um, and I got to pray with her on the on the phone, and it wasn't weird or awkward or it just really felt right and she appreciated it. And she's one of my dear friends and has come to know the Lord in the last several weeks. It's just, I, I remember thinking about that story and being like, okay, using your business for a greater purpose does not have to be so complicated. Yes. You know, yeah. you don't have to have um, a nonprofit um, title or you like you said, a physical product that is half the profits are going overseas. Like, it doesn't have to look like that. And for us, it really started to become um, more of a ministry focus when we started asking God to show us, like, where are, the, where are these people broken and, and where can we serve them in that brokenness? And, um, you know, we what's crazy is one of the stories that um, we have been sharing about that first year, you know, ha- we've been more aware um, of all these different life situations one of the stories was that one of our brides was battling kidney cancer and you know some of our presentations we'd show a picture of her and you can see on her um her chest like she has like the little bit of a a scar from where like her her port for her chemo would go in and um she was just such a joyful bride and we said you know on the wedding day we served her well like michael carried around a chair everywhere we went just to make sure she could sit down because she had a lot of back pain from her treatment and we just allowed ourselves to be more than just photographers on that day and what's crazy uh is she actually passed away the friday after thanksgiving um as in like a week a week or so ago and um she had three years with her sweet husband and we got two emails from family members just sharing like you know everywhere that they looked like were her wedding pictures at her funeral. Um, you know, like the cover of her like obituary was a bridal portrait because that was the last time that they had beautiful portraits of her being radiant and joyful. And so try not to get choked up right now. I am pregnant. So, you know, I can, I can get tearful, but, um, that like, anyone, anyone would look at that and say like, oh, you could just be a photographer or you could be a photographer and be really in tune with people's lives and be a part of their life. And, um, and I think that's just an example of that. So do we go out looking for, uh, clients that have hard life struggles? No, we let clients come to us and we make sure they're a good fit. And then we start praying as soon as they book, like Lord, show us how in the world we can change their life and how we can impact their life. And um, we start every wedding day praying about, um, Michael always prays, he prays for how we can serve them and and love them. And um, we have some crazy stories. That's just one of them. But it's almost like we were oblivious until we started asking for like the, to see the light really, you know? So, um, so yeah, I don't think there was a hard cutoff. Like this is the day. Like when, but I have had several moments, Natalie's story, one of them, where I just started realizing it doesn't have to be so complicated. Um, it's It starts with a mindset um, shift. So. Oh, that's, that's amazing. And I just think speaks to your heart and your your passion for serving others and just I mean it's just a powerful testimony of what you can do with a business I mean I think sometimes people just forget that like when you're in business it's not just about being transactional (laughs) it's not about a transactional relationship right no that's so true and and we sometimes I think to myself like 
how much have we given? Like how much have we, um, you know, financially taken out of our bank account to give to other people? And we do a lot of giving and a lot of special charity events that we, that we continually give to. But to be honest, like a lot of businesses, I think that's how they view changing the world is let me write a check. And that's fine. Like that is, we need people like that. Um, but there's also another side of like, the day in and day out of how you serve people and love people. Um, you know, this is a really, really silly example. It's not silly, but it it just seems small. Um, but when we share, share our courses online with photographers, you know, we've done two really big ones. And every time we do a course, a course launch, we include a bonus video that they didn't pay for. It's free. They don't have to watch it, but it's all about us sharing what our purpose is and um, why we do the things we do in our business and who we serve and why we serve that way. And so, you know, these hundreds of people that are in these courses get to hear our story and our heart and about our faith. Um, and, you know, they don't complain about it because it's bonus. Yeah. And we get so many emails from people who weren't expecting that. Um but it's just a simple video and it's not perfectly recorded. And one of them, I, I was newly pregnant when I uh, recorded it and I bawled my eyes out. So I look like an idiot when I'm (laughs) talking on the screen, but it's just, um, it's just a very small way of letting people into like what we stand for. And that small little aspect of those courses is changing people's lives more than the content that we're teaching them. So, um, so there's just, there's no one way, you know, what's something that, you know, I was going to kind of ask about that too, is just not only do you serve your clients, but you also, you do all this type of education and all these amazing courses and you speak at these conferences, but again, you have that underlying purpose. You have that passion for, um, for showing people that you can do more with your business. Um, right. Do you have, you know, an example of a great story, kind of like you were sharing earlier with your brides, um, of a fellow photographer that you've been able, you feel like you've been able to connect with on a deeper level just through, you know, your education? Sure. Um, I would say, you know, we get a lot of emails um, and stories from people who are like, you know, I'm, I was about to give up or I was about to, um, you know, kind of put a hold on my business. And I really feel like just knowing that it's not always about the bottom line. It's not always about having perfect edits or the perfect pose, but like there's a deeper purpose to my business. It has kept them in business. Um, and, and there's so many stories like that, but I think, um, gosh, there's, there's so many, I I would say the, the greatest, impact that we have had, um, and and the stories that we have heard have come from, um, photographers who have actually done workshops with us because they have spent two days, um, two 10 hour days in our living room, in our home. And we made, that was part of that big shift that we made. We decided, you know what, the rest of the industry is renting out mansions and venues and their epic workshops and we're going to do something a little different and bring people into our house instead and no one does that and that's strange I knew one photographer Melissa Jill who did it and I thought it was awesome and I'm like I I'm going to try this and um that has been life-changing for people because instead of sitting in a beautiful venue, you're sitting with blankets in our living room and people share more about their life that way than than they ever have before. And I, you know what, I, this is really weird that this story just came to my mind, but, um, 
We had a sweet, sweet male photographer from D.C. um, come to one of our last workshops. And it's very rare that men come to our workshops because you're sitting in a living room with a room full of women. (laughs) Um, And most guys don't want to do that. But this guy was new to photography. um, And on the first day, the first evening of our two-day workshop, um, we share part of our story and um, just – what our purpose is, what our, what our goal is in serving people. And I shared that and, you know, same thing. I, I, we share about our faith all the time. And so people can take it or leave it, whatever. Um, but this man, um, was so sweet and he, um, has some lifestyle things uh, about his life that he was really worried about being in a situation with us as Christians and, um, in a situation with other, um, photographers in the room who he didn't know, he just felt really out of place. And he sat down with me during the lunch break after we shared our story and, um, and just bawled his eyes out and just said like, this is the first time since I moved to this country that I've ever felt really loved and accepted. And I never thought that would come from a Christian. And, you know, he, and this is a full grown, like he's a man, he's not like an 18 year old kid. (laughs) Like, um, and I just remember thinking to myself, he did not sign up for a workshop to come and feel that way. You know, he signed up because he wants to learn how to make his pictures brighter. Um, and here he is, um, crying his eyes out in the living room and, and having a really great conversation and, and having a life changing moment. And I'd, you know, that, that didn't stem from, um, a direct in-person conversation with him. It was just me basically sharing my story with a group of people, um, because they're in our living room and I want people to understand who we are, you know? And, um, and I, I think when I, when I look at workshops, a lot of people have said, Caitlin, why, why do you keep doing workshops when you could just teach online? Um, because it's so easy to do that now. And I teach workshops still in our house because, I see the most life change happen from that. And I love seeing people um, with the light bulb moment in person. And so we're going to continue to do workshops, even with a baby and even with um, what we could do online, simply because I think that is the best way that we can have an impact on a small group. So I think that that is so funny. I literally have not thought of that story until you asked. Um, I love it. I love it too. I I really I should send him a card or something. Um, but I think that's yeah that was one of the stories that made a big impact on us. I love that, and I love that um, you know obviously for for people that don't know, I mean you guys have really taken this whole mantra, if you will, of serving <laughs> others to a whole no- whole nother level. <laughs> By, I mean you guys are you're building a house for the purpose of serving others. And yeah. that to me is, I mean, you're right now, you're in an apartment. You're like, what, like <laughs> yes. a billion years pregnant. <laughs> yes. I feel, I feel that way today, especially today for some reason. You're I like, feel huge. You're like, <laughs> you're a billion years pregnant, girl. Been there twice. I've been yes. there, I've done that. Yeah. Didn't get a t-shirt. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I completely understand that like you're in a season that's tough, but you're mm-hmm. doing it ultimately for a greater purpose. Like you're, you're literally with your husband and your dog and your pregnancy in an apartment waiting <laughs> for your house to be built ultimately. So you can serve other people like that is, I mean, how many people <laughs> can say like, Oh yeah, this is what we did for the ultimate purpose of serving others. <laughs> I know. And honestly, like it's such a blessing that, that other people grasp that because 
the, you know, it's very, I think it could be very easy for the rest of the world to look at what we're doing and say, you're just trying to use an excuse to build a bigger house. And I, I would say to them, if you know the stress that has gone into building this house, <laughs> um, you wouldn't say that. And and I think that ultimately when we, we are ready to move, we don't know if we're going to have to live in a hotel because our lease is ending soon. Like there's a lot of stress in this season. Um, but I think it, it's so reassuring to, and be it, to be reminded that other people know, like, the vision of this, it goes far beyond um, just a reason to build a house. Like there, we just sent out our Christmas gifts to our um, to our 2016 couples um, with an invitation to our first KJ Couples cookout at the house. Um, and because we realized, I mean, you you enjoy you came to this. We did the spa day, like where yeah. brides would come to the spa, which is so fun. Like all of our brides from that year get to hang out, meet each other. But we found from, you know, everyone's response from that was like, we love the massage, but we really loved hanging out in that little tiny room and eating donuts. And I'm like, really? Because we could eat donuts in my living room. You know, we could we could hang out together somewhere else. And I just realized, like, the community that we're forming within our business, um, people just want time to hang out and connect with people. So um, we hope, this is our goal, um, is to have, like, an all-encompassing KJ Bride reunion at our house, like, with all of any brides that we have ever photographed. I mean, Mid-school brides? <laughs> yes. So um, – Mid-school brides, old-school brides, anybody, any bride, any KJ bride. Um, we just want to be able to have a cookout and let people, let the kids run around the yard and have fun and be together and, and open up our home to them. Um, because honestly, what's really cool is like every single couple we've ever served has had a part in building this house, you know, and has had a part in our story and our business. And we want to share that with them. So... Yeah, it's crazy. I I'm so ready to move and get out of this apartment. <laughs> but I bet you are. I yes. Bet. Oh, you should see. I mean, if I'm so glad this is just a podcast because if you saw the amount of bosses <laughs> that are surrounding me right now, it's it's hilarious. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, I want to ask you about some of the challenges that you faced. Um, You know, obviously, as a business grows, challenges always come about. But one of the things I think that you do so well, and you do so differently is you don't, you don't succumb, I think, I guess, to the trends. Mm -hmm. And you don't succumb to what everybody else is doing. You don't try to do things just because that's like what's trendy or what everybody else, you know, you, you, I love that sometimes you're like, you're like, I almost didn't post this picture on Instagram because it was going to break up my feed, but I decided I didn't care. You know what I mean? Like, right. I think sometimes like in business and in, in life and in the culture that we live in, it can be so easy to fall into this trap of like, OK, well, whatever. What is everybody else doing? What are what are what's cool? What's trendy? What's hip? OK, what are those people doing on Instagram to grow? Like, what are those people doing online? Like, it's right. so easy to sit and like look at everybody else's highlights on social media and then let that influence our own decisions in our personal life and our business. Sure. Um, you have done such a an amazing job, but also so gracefully, you've been able to gracefully kind of buck those trends and mm-hmm. you've been able to kind of say, you know what, like, I'm not going to, my images don't look like film and they don't, you know, right. they're not dark and gloomy. Like my images are bright and crisp and clear. And that's because that's your style or, you know, right. I'm not going to host a workshop in a giant, beautiful venue. I'm going to do it in my living room. Right. Um, but I'm, you know, along the way, has there been sort of this pressure to 
to to change and what has how has that affected you what challenges have you faced and you know what decisions have you had to make yeah i i think honestly like one of the hardest decisions and one of the hardest seasons um that we are still kind of going through right now is that we are um we are considered high end photographers because of our price point mm-hmm. um there's no one really in Richmond that has a starting price like ours. And yet when you look at the other people that are charging what what we're charging, you know, all of those people right now are at like, um, the engage conference, you know, down in, in, um, where is that in sea Island, I think down in, in the South, you know, they're, they're high end, they're film, they're working with amazing planners. And I constantly have to think about like, Oh my gosh, why am I not a part of that? Like, I'm not as fine art. I'm not as connected in that world. And like, and yet my prices tell me that I should be. And, um, and, and I, and I've actually had conversations with people who are in that world and there's nothing wrong with that world. I mean, I honestly would love to be in that world one day, but, um, I've had conversations with people saying, um, you know, don't you want to shoot more of like one style of wedding. Cause you look at my work and like we could shoot a backyard wedding for a person who spent their whole budget on Caitlin James photography, or we could shoot a beautiful wedding in DC where they just had a big budget overall and we were just a small part of it. And so we just don't have a consistency to the style of weddings that we shoot. We have to create that consistency in our own work. And, um, but you know, the full circle effect of that is, is I can choose to be insecure about that, or I can choose to realize maybe the fact that my weddings are not consistently with the same planners and the same stylist in the same venues means that I can teach photographers how to take a $5,000 wedding and make it look like a $50,000 wedding, which we have 1500 people who have been through a course that we created on that. And so I just have to remind myself, like the cards that I've been dealt in, in terms of the style of weddings and clients in my work, there's a greater purpose in that, you know, and I'm not supposed to be the high end film photographer that only works with four of the greatest planners in the state of Virginia. I, you know, I'd love to experience that. And I think a lot of people expect me to be that because of our price point. And yet we don't fall into that category for some reason. And so I do struggle with that. I struggle with, you know, there's no one else really doing what we're doing. And sometimes that comes across as being wrong to me. Like if there's no one else doing this, if everyone else's Instagram feed is light and airy and has less vibrancy, maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe I'm doing something wrong and all this is going to end one day, but I just have to trust that there's going to be a greater purpose. And, and I will not lie to you and say that I'm totally fine. I struggle with this all the time. Um, but I have to keep coming back to the fact that, you know, we're already booked for next year. We're only taking on 14 weddings next year instead of 30. Um, and the Lord brought us the right 14 brides and I've got to trust that, you know? So I think style has been one of those things. And, um, and just trusting, trusting that, um, that my decisions and my, um, my stubbornness almost, um, you know, I don't buck trends just so I can say I didn't do that. You know, yeah. I try to, 
I try to do things because they have a bigger purpose. Um, so, you know, for, for the workshop example, um, when people say, you know, like, well, how come you don't host that somewhere else? I, I didn't choose to host in my living room because I just wanted to say, oh, look at all you people paying $3,000 to rent a venue. I'm not going to do that. That's crazy. I actually think it's really smart for most people. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for us, we chose to buck that trend because there was a deeper purpose behind what we wanted to accomplish. And sure, you can accomplish what we're doing in other settings, but for us, it just made more sense. So I, I don't know if that answered your question. No, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. How do you, what is something that you, you know, like I said, like you were saying earlier that you and Michael before every wedding day, you know, you, you pray about how you can serve that client. And then just even when the bride books, you pray about like, okay, how can we, serve this client. Is there something that you've found like over the years, what is something maybe that is very tangible for somebody listening who maybe is in business? Like just kind of generally, what is something you have found that really serves your clients well, or something that you're like, we always make sure to do this? That's a great question. You know, I, and, and it, I, a lot of times when I get asked this question, I think people think like, oh, she's going to tell me about a certain gift that she sends them <laughs> or like this next, you know, this actual thing that we like hand over to them or I honestly think that it happens um, when we deal with our bride and grooms with their families. Um, like when we have family formals on a wedding day, that is a really stressful part of the day. No one likes family formals. Everyone hates that part of the day. Family doesn't like it. The bride and groom want to get over with. Um, people get stressed. There's tensions with people's relationships. So, we don't like it as photographers either, but we, I think we try to make a really big point to that is like a prime time to love on parents and to love on siblings and everyone who's there, who's already stressed. It's like our time to shine almost. Um, and so we, we, that's our first interaction one-on-one -on -one with the parents. So we make sure that we are, have a positive tone inflection. I know that sounds so little and so weird, but Literally saying to a family member, like, okay, everyone get together or saying, all right, everyone, I'm going to have you get together. And you're, it seemed like you're excited to be doing what you're doing. It makes a huge difference. Oh, it and really then does. at the end of the day, um, instead of being the photographer that was annoyed from family portraits all the way to the end of the reception, we're the photographers that lightened the load for this family. And at the end of reception, we always go up to our, the parents of uh, the bride and groom and just um, shake their hand or hug them, depending on how close we are with them or how personable they are. Yeah. Um, and we thank them for letting us serve their kids on their wedding day. And the reason we do that is because at our wedding, our catering staff, like not just the head caterer that we like met with and booked and did all the planning with every single staff person from the people carrying the trays to the bartenders to, you know, the chef who was in the catering tent, every single person came and shook my dad's hand and thanked them for the opportunity to serve his family. And my dad still talks about that. And to the point where my, I, we got married six years ago. <laughs> and my, my, um, brother is getting married in May, um, like 45 minutes away from Richmond and they're paying for the same catering company because of the impact that they made, um, six years ago at my own wedding. So that is, it, it seems so little, but the way that you treat people in the most stressful part of the day when you have every right to be the frustrated, angry photographer, that is when we make the most impact. Yeah. So I love that. And that's something that 
I talk to people all the time about, I mean, not just business owners, just people in general. I mean, I think it's such a lost art of just kindness. Kindness yeah. is a lost art these days. It is. It is. And, yeah. and you know what's really interesting is in the photography world, I hear people talking about all the time how they hate being treated like the hired hand. And I'm like, you are the hired hand. <laughs> for you. you are the hired hand. And, and if you can embrace the level of service that you're supposed to be providing and do it graciously with a heart of gold, people, it is going to make such an impact and you're going to be the favorite vendor out of everybody. So that is, I mean, I just think it's really, if you ever want to feel humbled, um, you know, get a photography vendor meal at a wedding on a wedding day where it's like a soggy tuna sandwich, you know, and, and be grateful for it. Um, because I just feel like, uh, yes, there are hard days and yes, there are situations that we wish we weren't in, but ultimately you just have to remind yourself that like you're there to serve and every decision you make, every tone that you have, every bridesmaid that drives you crazy, like you, you are sewing into what they're going to remember you by. And I'm not saying we're perfect at it. We have had multiple situations where things have blown up and I probably sound a little more stressed than I should have, but really the majority of the time, Michael and I strive to continue to be joyful even in the midst of chaos. I love that. So, and yeah. I can say, I mean, obviously having been a KJ bride myself, I can say that <laughs> I've just, I mean, I, I remember that, that like the timeline, the day of like everybody was running late and like, I was kind of freaking out and you were just like, it's fine. Like, it's fine. We're going to do fine. a first look with your dad in the hotel hallway and it's going to yeah. be just as sweet. It's I know. Be and that picture, by the way, funny yes. story is that picture somehow got posted to some like Arabic pop culture Facebook page with like <laughs> 3.8 million followers. Oh my like, god. Like a week and a half ago, this picture like that picture of my dad and I's first look is on some Arabic um yeah, Facebook page with three point eight million followers. And look at us. and it's been shared all these times. But like but then all these people keep like like being like, Molly, is that your you and your dad? But then all these people were like, Is that Richard Gear? Like, is that Bob Proctor? And like, <laughs> cracking me up because I was like I texted my dad and I was like dad apparently you look like Bob Proctor and Richard Gere oh my gosh five years later we're still making headlines this is great but the funny thing about it is is I was like that picture was taken in a hotel hallway like and and the emotion that you were able to capture in that picture just in a hotel hallway you know is something that pop culture Facebook pages with 3.8 million followers in the Middle East are sharing. That is, that just makes my day because also like those are, you know, it's not ideal to have light, you know, coming from one direction and, and not reflecting back. And, um, but we needed to make it happen and we had to make it happen fast. And your dad, I just, I could cry thinking about it, how sweet that was. It was, it was just the sweetest couple of minutes there. And I remember thinking to myself, these better turn out because this is way too sweet not to have a clear picture of this. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, you know, obviously we're we're getting here towards the end and you've got some big things happening in the future. Not only, you know, are you finishing building a house and going to be moving, you are with child. Yes. Oh, and it sounds weird to even, you know, seven and a half months, you would think I'd get used to it. I still haven't gotten used to hearing that. So, and you're going to have a little girl. 
Yes, Which we are. So we exciting. are so excited. I mean, I have one of each, but I had a girl first and having a girl is both awesome and hard and all of the things at one time. Um, That's what we hear. <laughs> and your little girl. Okay. I have to tell you when I, there's only three people that Michael will be laying on the couch, looking at Insta stories, cracking up at. And one of the three is Lily. He loves, <laughs> he loves her faces. She's just hilarious. So I don't know where she gets it from. It's yeah. not like her, her mom is funny or anything no, like that. I have no <laughs> idea where she gets it from. The apple has clearly not fallen far from the tree. <laughs> I love that. Both in like in a good way and a bad way. There are times where <laughs> there are times where like I'll call my dad because I've had like a, you know, a hard parenting day. Like this is just real talk for a minute. Like it, three yeah. is hard. Three is a really hard age. And I called my dad a couple weeks ago and I was just like, Dad, I just I'm really sorry I was ever three. Like, I'm really sorry that I was ever three. Like, I know that there are four year olds because I see them walking around. I don't know how they make it to four. But... <laughs> But but my dad was just like, he was like, here's the thing is like, you are raising you. And I was like, oh, no. no. (laughs) Literally, some of her facial expressions. I mean, before (gasps) Lily came into the picture, um, one of my favorite things that I would ever see from you, like it's a flashback Friday post when you would post pictures of yourself as a child and you just had the most hilarious faces and now you're posting pictures of your daughter and it's literally like it's the same person the The only difference is she has blonde curly hair and now I have a son with red hair so like I have no idea bright red yeah it's like orange I love it though everyone's like Caitlin do you think your little girl will have red hair and I'm like probably not because (laughs) Redheads seem to come to people who have dark hair or blonde hair. I have no idea where the blonde, like both John and I have this dark brown, almost black hair. And we have a blonde, curly haired girl and a redhead son. Like we just, I don't, I really don't understand how the like, what was it? The thing in biology, the Punnett square is that thing where like the (laughs) the genetics, like I don't get it. Yeah, where we act, it's really funny. We know a couple, um, several couples who are just like you guys, both darker features and their kids are redheads or blondes it's so crazy yeah i have i have no idea so So what happens to the redhead and and the brunette you know i the i have no idea what's going to happen to us but we shall see i can't wait i can't wait i can't wait either so actually i hope i do wait she it's way too early for her to come now but if she came two weeks early i'd be completely fine with that yeah yeah no let's wait till what when's your due date february valentine's day valentine's day Yes. Amos's birthday is February 19th and our oh. our anniversary is February 18th. So, I'm just yes. saying February is oh, a good month. Awesome. February is a good month. month. So, yes. in the short term, you know, obviously things are going to be happening pretty fast. Like what are you doing right now? I know you're you're now kind of entering the season of rest. Like what are you doing just to relax and have fun and enjoy life? Are you reading any books? Are you li- watching any binge watching any Netflix? <laughs> that is so that's a great question. So, Um, I, you're going to, everyone's going to laugh at this, but like, I am not good at relaxing. I'm really not. Pregnancy has really, (laughs) Really? I would have never guessed. (laughs) I never would guess that. Um, pregnancy has taught me a lot about, cause sometimes I just don't feel like doing anything and I've never felt like that my entire life. So I've learned to slow down. Michael and I have been binge watching, um, the show, uh, what's it called? This is us. Oh, so good. 
It is so good. I mean, I ball my eyes out every single it's so episode. Good. But I just love I we just love that like all the different family dynamics. It's so we've so been watching good. that. Um and we just honestly like we're just we're trying to enjoy because not only is it our probably our only downtime we've ever had since the beginning of my business, like with nothing on the calendar, but it's also our last two months of just being the two of us. Yeah. So yeah. um you know, we're trying to just randomly go out to dinner because we can. And, um, you know, we should go see a movie. We, we're just yes. trying to to do more of the things that we have the freedom to do right now and to enjoy that. So um, I'm very thankful. My sister is uh, having a baby within two weeks and our oh, best friends are having a baby within a week or so. So it's still going to be a very busy December, but it's all very exciting things. So we're excited about it. That's so exciting. Well, I love I love because it was I mean, Jill was your second shooter at our wedding. So like yeah. I feel so connected. Yes. Oh, you are. She and you know what, Jill and I. If it made financial sense, we would go into business together because we are the same person and we love shooting weddings together. I know. Um, so you you were probably the start of that. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, I would just say, and I will. I've always said, especially after having two kids, I will never be the mom that gives unsolicited advice. Like I just, I won't do it because I've gotten so much unsolicited advice over the years. <laughs> but I will say, like, yeah, in these last couple months, like, I, I think we took for granted the like, the midnight trips to Waffle House and like going right. to, you know, just going because we could, or yeah, like going to a movie or just being like, hey, do you want to stay up late and do something right. fun? Yeah, just enjoying that time I, together is so important. No, that is great advice, and and we've heard that a lot. And I think we are finally at a slow enough pace where we're just like, okay, we really need to take advantage of that. So we have December and January, and then maybe a couple weeks in February yeah. where we can really live into that that vision. So we're excited. I love it. I love it. Well, for people that want to connect with you online, where can people find you and all the things? Um, that's a great question. I think probably the best place to hear about what's going on in our life um, is probably to follow along on Instagram. Um, we normally update that every day just with whatever's happening and you get links to the blog from there. So it's just at Caitlin James on Instagram and then um, CaitlinJamesBlog.com is um, where we permanently store our personal adventures and our business life and um, links out to all of our education stuff. So those are probably the two best places to find me. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, you're going to be sorely disappointed. So <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> I love it. And I love that you have um, you've embraced Instastore stories like I have because I just could never get on I, like I have a Snapchat account I just like the filters oh. are fun but like I just don't I don't understand Snapchat but I'm like Insta stories like I can get behind this I know and um and there are people who are so and I mean when you think about bucking trends Snapchat is a trend that I didn't try to buck I just couldn't get on I just <laughs> Me couldn't neither. do it um, so I'm trying to get better at Insta storying. Um, but the truth is a lot of times, you know, when you work from home and you look literally crazy cause you haven't showered in two days, it's like, do I really want to put my face on the internet for thousands <laughs> of people to see? No. So, um, I'm trying to get better about that. We'll see if that happens. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Caitlin, thank you so much for taking time out of your rest season. I was, I was going to say busy schedule, but I'm like, Hey, you're sitting on a couch. Like, Yeah. I'm going to watch some Netflix tonight. It's slow. It's good. I love it. I love it. Well, I just, again, I, I can't thank you enough. And it was so good just 
you know, hearing a little bit of a different side of your story. And um, I know that it's going to inspire so many people. Yes. Well, thanks for having me. This has been an honor and we love what you're doing and everything that you are, um, everything that you're creating with this podcast and this community. So I'm excited for you and I'm excited to see more Lily videos. Yes, there will be more. And as, as Amos starts to get more like less like tiny blob and more (laughs) interactive adorable blob is what he is right now. Tiny blob. I love that. (laughs) Thank you, Caitlin. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. You guys, how much did you love Caitlin? I love her heart. I love her passion for photography. But I, most of all, I just, I really love her heart and her passion for serving others. She really has taken this notion and this idea of running a purposeful business or a business with purpose and turn it on its head in such a unique way. And I know that she is somebody that I just, I really admire and I really look up to. And I hope that she left you feeling inspired to, that even if you run a business that maybe doesn't have a tangible product, that, you know, you can have a purposeful business just by, you know, looking at what is your goal? What is what is the thing that you want to do most? Um, you know, and and just by serving others. And I think she also just really inspired us that even if maybe we're not an entrepreneur or maybe we're not a business owner, we can have a positive impact on other people just by listening and just by serving them well. So thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I would love if you would subscribe to the show on iTunes. Leave us a review. I would hug your neck. Seriously, it means the world to me um, to hear your reviews and to get your feedback and your emails and all that kind of stuff. And share this show with a friend because that is how uh, we're able to get the message out there. So we'll see you guys next week on the Business with Purpose podcast. Bye. Bye.